Hey everyone, this is Tim Shorts of Gothridge Manor, and I'm doing a lunchtime podcast today. Uh, and that can only mean one thing, another bit of an unboxing one. Uh, yeah, I just finished my very unhealthy lunch that I don't like to eat anymore, but once in a while, circumstances... I guess I could have ate at the healthy place today, but I didn't think about it until I, yeah. This is actually pretty, pretty good food. Um, but, uh, I got part of my order from the Swords and Wizardry Kickstarter campaign. Matt Finch did a while, a little bit ago, a few months ago. Uh, I went in for the $88 pledge level. Swords and Wizardry, I can't tell you how many different editions I have. You know, because there was a Swords and Wizardry core, Swords and Wizardry uh, advanced or something like that. And then there was basic Swords and Wizardry and, you know, the different editions and variations of that. So, you know, I needed another edition of Swords and Wizardry, like, you know, a hole in the head kind of as the old cliche goes. But, I mean, it's Matt Finch. He's, he kind of struck out his, on his own from Frog Guy Games, and he wanted to do a new edition of it. And so I went in, because I do, I, I like Matt. I mean, he's always been uh, a decent guy. Like, he had any questions I'd have, he was always pretty good about answering stuff. And, um, and I've had a brief conversations with him throughout the years, just here and there. Nothing, nothing, uh too substantial but he's just one of those guys that I, I do want to support he, he in, in a way he's the one who kind of started all this old school you know we we're, were allowed to took the first step into dangerous waters about uh, publishing a new a system under the OGL um, so and I know this one isn't published under the OGL. He's kind of re- he released it under an I think I think it's called the Elf license. And then I know there was different versions of it. I I've read through it a little bit. I can't say I understand everything, but from what I understand is like he's kind of released stuff to the wild, uh, you know, in the open. So if we publish anything underneath there, of course someone can take it. But that's always been the case. Uh, unless you want to hunt them down and, and whatnot. I, I know years ago, some idiot had taken one of James Spawn's books and didn't even try to hide that he he stole everything. Basically, he, he scrubbed James's number or name off the, the book and then put their own name on there. I can't remember who that was. And claimed it as his own. And it took a while for them to to get that taken care of. But that's one of the rare instances where that's happened. I mean, James is a pretty popular guy or whatnot, but uh, 
I don't know if I've ever had that happen. I mean, I wouldn't I know if I'd know if it did. Uh, most of the time, if people want to use something in mine, they just they usually ask, and I don't think I've ever said no. I've had Russian folks contact me, and they wanted to like uh, transcribe it into Russian languages, um, or over in Sweden. And I can't remember. There's one other place too. I think it was Hungary. I believe it was where they wanted to just take some of the, my micro adventures and publish it under their own. I'm like, yeah, go ahead, have fun with it. Just I said the only thing I ever required is just send me a you know PDF copy of it so I can see what it looks like. I think it, you know looks. It's always kind of cool what it looks like that way. Anyway, so this is the latest one. So the $88 pledge level, uh, you got a, I got a coupon from drive-thru for a print-on-demand copy of it. Uh, and then I also, with this pledge level, I'll get an in-house copy, too, of, of it. I, I see other people have gotten there, so I don't, I don't know. I want to get mine. I haven't gotten mine yet, so. But this is the RPG, uh, this is from RPG Drive Series uh, version. Oh boy, I put the label right over the uh, ripping part, so. Yeah, the funny thing is, is when I get those coupons and stuff, sometimes I'll order two of them, but I, I just ordered one this time. Um, let's see here. So I got the Earl Otis, Earl Otis cover uh, version. So to order it online, it cost me $11.30. That was with a coupon though, but and, um, so wasn't too bad. So it's got Earl Otis cover, and I know some people are huge fans of Earl and just love his stuff, and other people are not a fan of it. I would have to say I kind of I'm I'm kind of in between. There's some stuff of his, uh, you know, I I do like and appreciate, and then there's other stuff. It's like eh. This one's not bad. It's 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 kind of a you know go, it's a throwback definitely of the old days. Uh, uh, let me see here. Well, it feels like it's a decent. It's a hardcover book. So this one's Swords of Wizardry complete revised. I'm opening it up here, guys, and. Let's see, so you got Matt Finch and the author. Him and Susie did the editing. And then it's got artist Del Tigler, J.E. Shields, uh, Brett Barkley, Chris Anderson, Arneson, Ed Bickford, Ala Fedorova, Mike Hunter, Matt Finch, Jay Preston, and Adrian Landeros. And Susie did the layout. And special thanks to Will... Mistretta. I think I said his, his name is right. It could have been wrong. Right? 
Then you got a forward from Tim Cass back from July 10th, 2010. And then a quick introduction to um, by Matt Finch. A sample character sheet is right in the front. Uh, front and back there, so. And then, it, I mean, if you guys have ever seen Swords and Wizardry Complete, there's not too much difference in it. However, I have to say right off the bat, okay, don't get me wrong, I, I don't mind Frog God stuff, but I can't stand the layouts that they use. I don't, I just don't, I never have. Um, just not, not my style that I like and... And just, um, I don't know. I think they use a lot of wasted space. Um, or they don't use a lot of space. So it's a lot of wasted space in their books and their adventures. This is definitely much nicer, much cleaner looking. Uh, I mean, right off the bat, just going into the, like all the, the strength and, you know, the statistics. Oh, this is nice. Okay, so what it, what it's got here is it shows you on the as a uh, picture of the character sheet, and then what he's talking about is highlighted, and as you're reading through this, so that's cool. I like that. And then it goes into character classes. So he's included uh, the assassin, the cleric, the druid, the fighter. The magic user, the monk, the paladin, the ranger, and the thief. So he's got, uh, you know, standard stuff plus a nice handful of other races. And I like the artwork. It's really nice. I mean, I, the people that I do know on the artwork, like Del Tegler and um, camera J.E. Shields, James Shields, and uh, I can't remember who the other one I knew on there, but... I I all I like their I like their work so this is nice this is good good work here um, yeah assassins is a tough class it really is I'm kind of just conf so he so for swords and wizard complete they just use the three um, alignment system if you use alignment because I know a lot of people just like eh. Um, but for this one, it's neutral or chaotic. In the original game, assassins could only be neutral aligned. I thought they could only be evilly, evil aligned. I didn't think they were could be neutral. I thought it was always evil. Well, because I'm remembering from the AD&D player's handbook, I could have swore that it was only evil uh, aligned. Um, presumably, since their allegiance is still the guild... Is similar to the Jurassic allegiance, allegiance to the powers of nature, and they will not discriminate in their actions. However, Swords and Wizardry has the flexibility to allow chaotic alignments, even for player character and assassins. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense in a way for assassins to be evil, or to be neutral. That does make sense. The only thing is, is I don't know how many guys have have uh, played with other uh, like with an assassin in your your group but that, I don't know it always gets real tricky I think assassins are better suited for a themed kind of 
um, campaign than it is for a party of adventurers because it just doesn't make any sense why, you know, if you're an assassin, why you go, like, on any adventures kind of deal. So it'd have to, you're definitely narrowing down your scope. And I might be just thinking about this too narrowly. Some of you out there might have a, a better grasp on how to do that adventuring, but I don't equate assassins being adventurers. Just don't. Then, of course, you got your clerics, doesn't, you know, standard stuff. I'm not going to go into this whole thing, uh, but I definitely might. I might go through it sometime. Rob did a really nice, Rob C. of Down in the Heap did a really nice, uh, I guess what, he went through the old school essentials and did a fantastic job, pretty thorough job. He brought up some things I didn't even think of. Um, not that that's hard to do, but... You know, it was it was nice to hear him talk about it. So maybe I'll do that with this one. But there's so many because I, I get conflicted because originally swords and wizardry was my go-to system. Uh, that was the one I you know because that was back when it was labyrinth lord and osiric and then sword and wizardry. That was your trifecta. But I always favored that. I guess castles and crusades was was also in that that mix at the time. And then you had all these other ones start coming out, but I always favored, like even Eric's uh, Swords and Wizardry Light and Continual Light versions. Um, I definitely like those, that one too, and I go through the systems. And then I jumped over to Old School Essentials when they came out, because I really loved it. And then Shadow Dark came out, and now Swords and Wizardry is coming out. With, even though it's the same stuff, it just sparks, uh, you know, a new interest in it, you know, again, so... We'll see. Of course, then when this, when I finally get my swords and wizard or uh, my uh, shadow dark one, who knows? And then it looks like it uh, has five classes or no, four, five. Now they're calling it ancestry instead of races. I'm not really sure what the point of that is, but you know, whatever, whatever they choose, that's fine. It's still races to me, but. Oh, this is, and then he's got an, uh, an equipment list, kind of uh, very uh, narrowed down, easy to buy from. And he goes into armor with some nice pictures. I like the, the artwork. I'm really digging the artwork from what I've seen so far. Got some fun artwork. But yeah, guys, I really I think this book's gonna be nice. It feels like it's a little bit bigger than the other rule books. A bunch of empty pages in the back, though. I guess there's only four. He's got some nice uh, magic items. Looks like he's got. Oh, he's got a lesser, medium, and then greater magic items. The whole magic item selection. I'm just trying to figure out. Okay, this is what I was looking at. So, the monster part of it too is kind of nice. It's not there's not much to it. It's almost like he took a page out of his old. Back in the day, Matt Finch put out this. It was just basically called the I think it was Monster Bug Zero E. Real basic stuff. I don't. I think there was maybe you know out of the, the entire monster book there was like maybe a dozen different pictures, and that was it. 
but mainly it was just statistics, brief descriptions, um, and then a stat block. And that's all this is. I mean, it's very brief. I mean, imagine this on one page. There's one, two, three, four, five, six. There's seven monsters on that page. One, two, three, four, five, six. Seven. Yeah, so it's going to average out to about seven monsters per page. So you know there's not a lot of fluff in these things. I mean, I do like detailed stuff. But in general, you know, this, for this kind of game, that's perfectly fine. Don't need a lot of fluff for this. And I can make my own fluff, so to speak. But, yeah, that's, again, good artwork. I like that got some random tables I don't know how much random I'm gonna kind of curious though about the spells okay so he has it divided up oh there's no numbers I like it when they're numbered um two three four five six seven, eight, nine, ten, eight. so he has like 11 first level magic user spells and then the list definitely gets longer in second third fourth fifth sixth level gets kind of longer Goes up to ninth level spells, clerics go up to seventh, druid seventh, uh, and whatnot. And then what they are in the book is they go by alphabetical order, not by you know class or level, which is the way I prefer it because it's just easier to find that way. And then if they do have some overhanging or overlapping uh, spells, it's. Uh, easier to find so just read the back of it um, treasure and glitter glittering gems dark places beneath the earth where monsters dwell magic circles pentagrams and pentacles ruins of evil and port and iron band doors of smoldering oak wizards of vast power living in their isolated towers above black seaside cliffs Great horned demons in their bloody lairs. Massive stone idols with jeweled eyes and hieroglyphic pedestals. Carved in the distant eons before the young civilizations of humankind. Strange and glowing orbs floating in the above, air above rusted metal grates leading to deeper levels of underground passageways. It is about flying carpets and cursed blades. About hooded priests gathering for unspeakable rites in their forgotten temples. It is about adventure and about perilous undertakings, forcing back the evil creatures of chaos from the borderlands of embattled civilization. It is about battle-scarred warriors and deadly sorcerers. It's about swords and wizardry. Exclamation point. And yeah, so that is it, guys. Thanks for listening. Hope this finds everybody well. Take care. Roll better than me, and we'll talk soon.